Rob, welcome back. A lot has happened since you were last on. Uh, yeah. A week of racing, Tour of Alps, Flesh Ballon. What can you tell me? Yeah, well, it's been a big one. Obviously, Lié fast on Liège, but we'll get into that later. Flesh Ballon, always a great midweek warm-up. Liège fast on Liège on the Wednesday preceding it. And uh, generally not as hard a race, but a race, uh, a lot of excitement, a lot of prestige to it. And um, basically quite easy um fairly hilly and undulating but essentially ends in an extremely brutal climb called the murder we and every year it's pretty much a couple of attacks before that until basically a guaranteed showdown on a climb which generally will take the pros under three minutes for the winner somewhere between 240 and three minutes is generally the time that wins it so yeah highly tactical affair and this year another vintage edition murder we very very brutal climb uh you see them <laughs> really struggling up it and uh, people go up overcooking it and you see them go backwards very quickly isn't it yeah yeah obviously all about positioning so you see a lot of that but yeah you see some people position themselves well and then just don't have they don't they have the power to sustain it and going back quick and over some some people start at position and desperately trying to get up there this year we saw both Julian Alaphilippe and Tade Bogacar out of position going into that final climb and they moved up nicely, but not enough, which results again only four for Alaphilippe and 12 for Pogaccio, which for a lot of people is a big surprise, those two heading in as the big favourites. So, so yeah. It's interesting. Pogaccio said uh, it's nothing to be worried about, you know. Um, he didn't seem phased by his 12th position, which is surprising considering it was a firm favourite. Um, and unfortunately, he also missed uh, the weekend race, the age passed on the age. Mother-in-law passed away. Um, condolences but yeah it's uh perhaps he's kicking himself now not pushing himself on Wednesday but yeah 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 he was unlucky last year I think it was Covid ruled him out of flesh and then he he came back in time to win the age um so yeah I think you'd like to complete the two of them to be honest but I was expecting a lot more for Capagaccia he was a favorite in my eyes as well I think you can partly put his result down to poor positioning um some people saying he doesn't have that explosivity required to win flesh, but in previous races I've seen, uh, such as the early stages of Tour de France last year with punchy finishes, I think it's a race he can definitely win. So, so yeah, a bit of a question mark over Pogaccia for me. I wouldn't. I think he would have still gone into Liège as a favourite, but for me, not quite as hot a favourite as he was um, before before the flesh result. So yeah. Definitely an interesting week and one to keep an eye on. And yeah. maybe the Tour de France becoming more open with Roglic also having issues this season as well. It's true. It's true. But uh, Dylan Twins, uh, we didn't mention the winner, Dylan Twins. Uh, big win for him. Big win for Bahrain, victorious. And uh, interestingly, uh, he doesn't grab the headlines for me. I think Valverde grabs more headlines for me than he does. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, old man Valverde, I believe, forty-two now. I think just uh, is. Day is, after yeah. the is it? I think it might even be today his birthday, twenty-fifth. Um, so yeah, crazy. I think yeah, five five-time winner, I believe, including four in a row um, before Alaphilippe took an end to that run. But yeah, absolutely unbelievable, really strong, and haven't seen the best of him in the last month or so. But yeah, obviously come back, I believe, from illness, very strong and. Cracking result and unfortunate. It was just uh, a fantastic Dylan Tunes and an all-round great performance from Bahrain victorious that uh, allowed him to that victory. So, so yeah, yeah. yeah just uh, touching on uh, Valverde again. Just 
it's interesting. There's a new trend in cycling whereby people are retiring at 30, 31, 32, and he's he's still pushing the boat at 42, getting wins or getting podium positions on some seriously big races with, uh, I guess, serious uh, competition as well. Yeah, it's crazy. I think his, his career is older than some of the people starting the <laughs> flash wall on now, which is mad to say. I think he's uh, won the won the age for the first time in about two, I think it was 2008 um, so yeah 14 years back so he's been at, been at a great level for a very long time and I'd have quite like obviously this is last season well he said he'll retire for the previous three seasons I believe but this year I think uh, if everything goes alright no no injuries I think he will retire this year and uh, yeah great to see him come second at the race he's synonymous with at Flash. Flash will on. Uh, would have been, I'd have liked to see him win, but uh, also very happy to see Dylan Turns win and uh, land another big win in his career. Yeah, I uh, just want to touch on one more thing before we move on. Uh, the uh, Tom Pidcock, um, you know, a favourite before the race, uh, wasn't having a great race and he ended up leaving. Did you look into, were you able to see uh, why he left that? I've had a brief search as to what's happening to Pidcock, although I can't find anything. I think he's uh, not as hotly discussed in the press as he was previously uh, after, after he won Crossworlds. And, you know, I think it was stomach issues that have been blamed for his underperformance at San Remo going out of that race very early. And he then got some good performances again. Um, but, yeah, I'd if I was guessing, I'd say it's these stomach issues are still causing him some problems. And I think we saw that hit hard at flesh which is a race I think some people have tipped him tipped him to win expected to win one day a race that perfectly suits him his light build and the steep slopes um, but yeah sadly not to be this year so hopefully he comes again and if it is those stomach issues hopefully he gets it sorted soon so yeah big wins for the French in uh, Tour of Alps yeah yeah obviously Tour of Alps really interesting stage race it's in the Alps, you've got massive mountains, but hardly any, no, I don't believe any uh, mountaintop finishes, just they tend to generally just go up these hills and then have the sense, don't make, don't, don't really make it that decisive. There's always quite large groups coming into sprints, which is what we saw, and Peo Bilbao was the uh, strongest sprinter out of those who was consistently making it into the front group, and Bardet a close second. Um and it kind of all came down to the final day, wet, cold day. And uh, it was initially Richie Port who really laid it on the line. It's Pavel Sivakov had looked stronger in the earlier days. And I think that was for him to attack and then hopefully go solo onto the finish with uh, quite a lot of people still within 20 seconds on GC going into the final stage. But it was really a team DSM who um, were the real top guys here with, both Bardet and his teammate Tyron Arenisman, Dutch name I probably struggle to pronounce, and also uh, Michael Storer, who's had a bit of a slow season so far, the three of them getting away and just getting away and stealing a victory from Peo Bilbao, although Bahrain Pittoria is probably doing well enough at the moment. But uh, yeah, great day for the French. And like you touched on, Thibaut Pino the day before, very close to a victory, snatched away by Miguel Angel Lopez. He then found himself on the last day having a showdown against another Astana rider in uh, David De La Cruz, but this time managed to take the win. So, yeah, Bardet and Pino winning. So, yeah. what the French expected to see in 2014, although uh, in between then, Pino and Bardet probably haven't won as much as expected. But, yeah, yeah promising signs for those two ahead of the Giro. 
So, that was yeah. Bardet's what first uh, stage win. I mean, uh, first overall win in like nine years, and uh, Pino's yeah. first win in well over a thousand days. So, uh, yeah, good on them. Yeah, two two of the old guard rejuvenating their career slightly. Hopefully, we'll see it a bit more. But Tour of the Alps not the biggest race ever. Hopefully, they can both step up and. I believe they'll both be at the Giro, hopefully get, get stuck in there. Neither of them heading as a big favourite, but after that performance, hopefully people have a bit more faith in them and, yeah, hopefully they can get themselves in contention. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so on to the big one, the monument, Liège, Baston, Liège. Uh, so what's this? 250 kilometres from Liège in southeast Belgium to uh, Baston, which is in the south. And then back up to Liège, same start and finish, 254 kilometers, very hilly at four and a half thousand meters. It's effectively uh, one for the lightweights, isn't it? One for the lightweights, I believe. Uh, very difficult monument. Uh, this Liège, Baston, Liège, Nil Lombardia are kind of the two which are for the for the uh, for the climbers. And this year, another another brutal addition. Two main climbs being Côte de la. Rochelle-Faucons, which is the penultimate one, and then uh, Côte de la Redoux. Uh, my pronunciation, probably a fair way off. I'm uh, not that man of much culture, to be honest. But yeah, those are two, uh, both quite short climbs, but after that distance and the amount of elevation they've done prior, uh, really climbs that can make a difference uh, with tired legs. And uh, yeah, we saw a big difference being made on both those climbs. So, yeah. yeah, so there's, what, 31 climbs in total? Um, no, nothing massive, uh, no mountains as such, but just one after the other, just uh, grinding people down. And uh, it's an interesting stat. If you look at the top 10, um, very few, well, I think it's only Van Aert who is 70 kg or more. Uh, everyone else is in the low 60s. And if you look at the average, it's like 62 kg once you take out Van Aert. So you've got the winner who got 61 Herman, 64. Van Aert came third, 78. He's the only one in 70s. Everyone else, 60s. Higuita, 57 kg. So it is literally uh, only for the super lightweight burners, uh, unless you're yeah. Van Aert and you've got superpowers or something. You know? <laughs> yeah. But. yeah, brutal race, a lot of climbing. If there's over 4,000 metres of climbing in a race, you've got to be, got to be a good climber to get through it and very different to, to probably, I think, probably most of the Roubaix top 10 would have been way over 70. So, so yeah, different straight. So, so what's that, the fourth monument of the year? Yeah, fourth monument of the year, leaving it with just still Lombardia, but uh, that comes right at the end of the season. Um, so, yeah. What makes this, this one the monument? The last of the... The spring, spring monuments, right? The last one? Last one. Uh, so, yeah, just... I don't know really where it comes from, but yeah, they're seen as the five five monuments, and uh, I think greater UCI points, greater respect, and kind of yeah, cycling folklore as kind of the big five, all five very old historic long races, um, which have only had minor changes to their parkour. Although the age has probably been one of the ones that has changed the most over the years. It's interesting. I, I think it might even be one of, if not the oldest race as well. This one. Um... That might have something to do with it. Potentially. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Uh, so previous winners, uh, who, who's come and uh, done the good one on uh, the age rest on the age? So obviously we spoke about earlier, uh, Roglic, 
uh, sorry, not Roglic, Ogacha was the winner last year. And unfortunately, he weren't here to defend his title. Um, who's won previously? So obviously, yeah, like you say, Bogacha last year, year before that, Alaphilippe, first riders crossed the line, although disqualified um, for, a, for a very dodgy sprint, being relegated. Although he wasn't first across the line, he celebrated as if he was first across oh, the yes. line. And Roglic Roglic nicked it anyway, and then Alaphilippe got disqualified, didn't even get seconds. So Alaphilippe celebrated winning uh, Liège, but unfortunately never has. Definitely a race for him. He's been favourite multiple times. And prior to that, Fulsang, Fulsang was the winner, uh, going on the final climb as 2019 Jakob Fulsang, an extremely great climber, especially in those spring classics and Prior to that, on a slightly different course, it was Bob Jungles who, uh, when he was a quick step rider, and he uh, managed to go solo and take a long ride, long range uh, attack, which was, uh, yeah, obviously a tactic that uh, has inspired others recently. So, yeah. Yeah. So this year started off like any other, really. Um, a, a breakaway heading out from the smaller teams, uh, the peloton, keeping them within arm's length. Uh, and yeah, the, nothing really happened uh, up until about 60k to go. No, not a lot going on. Uh, breakaway having kind of two riders who are probably quite a long way above the others in Bruno Amarai and Harm van Hoek. Harm van Hoek coming third in quite a key stage of the Giro the year, Teo Gegenhart one, and Bruno Amarai really getting stuck into a lot of breakaways and showing himself as a strong rider. Over, over this sort of terrain for a while. Um, but yeah, like you say, no much, not much action. Those lot kept not given too much room to play with. It was quite a strong break, quite high in numbers as well. And I think it was uh, Bahrain Victorious, which came with an absolutely stacked climbing team. Uh, arguably, one of their issues was pretty much all the riders could have been seen as outside favourites or some of them hot favourites. And I don't think they 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 claimed their fate. Their um, main rider was still in tunes, which it probably was. And uh, the kind of repeated attacking we saw from Lander, especially and Wout Pauls, kind of weakened them and maybe didn't give them as much strength in the finale. Um, kind of repeated attacks, kind of before the, the main climb. And uh, yeah, I think that was indicative of what to come. So yeah, yeah it was interesting. Like uh, Lander pushing. Pushing six, seven times going in the attack, uh, but they're all soft attacks. And I think what he was trying to do was draw out Van Aert, but it, yeah. it, it didn't quite work out, you know. Uh, and then, well, at 60k, there was the huge crash uh, with 60k to go. Unfortunately, Alaphilippe ended up in the ditch. Uh, later, finding out he's got what, uh, punctured lung, few fractures, and a few others uh, seem, to, seem to end their race there as well. Yeah, a lot of people's days done and over look like the whole of VF education is pretty much caught out there. And yeah, some horrible crashes. Roman Bardet actually seeing Alaphilippe in such distress. He himself just coming off winning tour of the Alps actually checked to see if he was okay. So concerned for him. So, so yeah, we hope Alaphilippe gets better sooner, but it sounds like you'll be out for a long time. And even getting back to fitness for the tour sounds like a very uh, a big task ahead for him. But yeah, hopefully his health's probably the main thing he'll be thinking of now. Um, yeah, quite decisive for the race. Props to Bahrain Victorious, though. They uh, they slowed it down, it seems, and they allowed everyone back on before then going for it again. Um, 
yeah. Uh, they, they, you say they might have been riding for Dylan Coins, but uh, perhaps they were going for Valverde, which is interesting. Um, I don't think they rate Coins as much as they should. Uh, well, yeah, obviously, Movistar would have, yeah, definitely been protecting Valverde. And, uh, yeah, um, I think the other ones on um, on Bahrain would have been favourites potentially to win. Jack Haig, obviously, their superstar who they're hoping can win the tour this year. Lander, a big name aiming for the Giro. I think his attacks, yeah, I really don't like Lander attacking. I think he's a terrible time trialist and especially on a road bike I, I don't think I'd be very afraid of him getting away um, Matty Mohoric has done well at this race as well um, their issue being they'd want it to be a hard race for Dylan Toons and an easy race for Matty Mohoric if he was going to win so yeah they kind of I kind of got the sense they were kind of giving everyone their own opportunity in that team and I'd have kind of liked to see them commit to just Dylan Toons making it as hard as possible because I think by winning Liège, he showed himself as the strongest puncher of this season. And I think if he'd given the opportunity for him to go away and, and punch away, I, I'd like to. I, I feel he could have could have gone solo onto the win. However, that wasn't wasn't the case. Wasn't that they worked for? And uh, uh, yeah, I think we'll probably move on now to what happened to what happened on the penultimate climb. Ivanipol, epic attack. Uh, Unbelievable just, attack. Yeah. Uh, he was down for a favourite before the race and I saw his name and I didn't think much of it. I haven't seen uh, enough from him, you know what I mean? Um, I didn't see it. I, I, I really, I think, saw someone, someone said they saw him as a favourite to me earlier this week and I, I said no, I, I really didn't see it. I thought he looked terrible. The final stage tour of the Basque Country, all these steep climbs, all year he's been really struggling, really struggling in Terreno Adriatico as well. And yeah, just I've just limited in kind of the climbing performances, really limited in strength. He's had some good time trials, but on climbs really feel he's been lacking, lacking like a lot of the quick step riders have. And yeah, um, I really didn't see it for him. I think he had quite good circumstances in him getting away. Uh, he was obviously co-leader with Julian Alaphilippe, Alaphilippe, as we mentioned, being crashed out of the race and uh, Evan Paul then going to be sole leader. Evan Paul, not a rider with a sprint and struggling on uh, steep climbs, kind of makes it hard for him to win in the traditional way at the age, which would be to go on the final climb and then uh, in a small group win from a sprint. And given he can't sprint or climb that well, it's hard. So obviously he had to go from a long way out. And what they did was uh, the penultimate climb paced quite hard initially, I believe, by um, AV2R. And then Mario Van Seven and Tyrant took over. Not a relentless pace, taking it over the steep part, but um, Evan and Paul was placed very nicely. And the key thing for me, the key thing for me, which made his attack so successful, was uh, we're on narrow lanes. The road was as wide was fully taken up by riders hard for people to pass at the point he attacked and the real true favorites were a bit further back it was only nielsen paulus quentin hermans um and uh those were the closest two to try and jump on his wheel and unfortunately those two aren't the level of climate the level of athlete that can hold his wheel had it been someone else such as dylan turns or uh Mohoric, i feel they could have gone with him but Unfortunately, they were just out of position, which made it such a great point for him to attack. And 
then going onto the flatter downhill terrain, Remco is just such an aero rider on his road bike um, and so strong on the flatter sections, just just got away. Yeah, he's a stocky but small guy and he looks like he's riding, what, 36 mil centre bars. Uh, yeah. I mean, handle bars. So he looks super, super aero, super fast. And just the way he attacked uh, was mental. It wasn't a short attack. It was one where he pushed for a very long time uh, and as you mentioned, no one, no one could stay, not for very long anyway. And uh, if you carried on watching, the way he rode away from some of the other earlier breakaway riders was just phenomenal. Um, just picking them off one by one by one. Uh, yeah. Brilliant performance. And uh, I think the hype might just well be justified now after what he's just performed, you know? For sure. Oh, I think this is the race for him. I think he's still got a lot to live up to in uh, Grand Tours to prove prove the hype um but yeah for sure other than grand tours this is the biggest race a um a hill focused rider can win and if he is to be classed as a hill focused rider it's a great great step in his career and kind of now he's achieved everything other than maybe worlds and the grand tour that he realistically can uh but personally i i might favor him to probably have more chance in a roubaix or a Flanders star race i still Still really doubt his uh, climbing in high mountains, um, but we'll see which way his career goes. But yeah, for now. After what, really after what he performed today, though, he's not going to get another chance like that. No no one is going to no. uh, allow him to do that again. You know, he's going to be a marked man now. No, for sure, for sure. And uh, yeah, I think they were, I think people were bad to not mark it. I think a lot of DSs uh, should probably be in a lot of trouble tonight because... Everyone had to see that attack coming. Obviously, he comes in as a big pre-race favourite on one of the biggest teams and their other co-leaders just crashed out and everyone knew the only way he could win was from a long-distance attack and they let it happen and no one was on, no one significant was on his wheel to mark it and the others were all blocked out of position. So, so yeah, perfect circumstance, which uh, the, the other, other teams, the yeses, should have been aware of, but sadly weren't and gave him a great chance to get away. Yeah, he's a, he's a natural-born winner, though. Uh, and at 22, winning such a prestigious race, he has a bright future ahead of him. And uh, fun fact, he was riding with an Anderlecht sticker, uh, the football club, on his uh, team bike. And uh, he was, what, the youth team uh, club captain back in the day. Uh, but he chose cycling, and uh, good on him for doing so. There's not as much money in it, but <laughs> perhaps there's, uh, uh, there's something else he's after, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure he's got enough fame and money uh, for his own career. Whether he could have found more in football, I don't know. But uh, yeah, I'm sure he's not regretting his decision to come to cycling at all. Yeah. So uh, the rounding up the uh, top uh, three podium, then in that case, is all Belgium across the board, which is uh, uh, good on them. You know, um, we were talking about the French last week, uh, and now the Belgians have something to celebrate. You know. Yeah, for sure. So Quentin Hermans and Wout Van Aert both initially. Um, so yeah, Remco kind of got away. And then um, we had Mikel Lander attempting to bring it back, uh, which sadly wasn't happening because he's not really great at bringing stuff back on the flat and he was probably quite tired. They came into the final climb. Quite a select group got away, Higita and Turns. And then uh, they were brought back as well. Alexander Vlasov attacking but being brought back group then stalling on the final descent and run into the finish meanwhile Ebnepol kind of maintaining quite a nice constant gap 
came down to quite a large sprint with the second group slowing, allowing both Wout van Aert and Quentin Hermans back on. If that group kept riding, they could have kept them away. They probably was, would have caught Ivenipo as well, though, don't you think? I think I think they could have. I think if they set their mind to it, there were two Movistar riders in there, two were Bahrain victorious riders in there, and with full commitment, I think it was was certainly possible to bring them back. And we see it quite a lot. Poor organisation um, has cost a lot of people races, and Team Seaver seem all riders seem keener rather to fight the second than attempt to bring back the winner and yeah we saw it again and quite a lot of teams having two rides in this group by the end of the chase um here Bahrain having multiple riders in there Movistar having multiple riders in there and also Israel Premier Tech having multiple riders in there and yeah they just didn't bring him back whether they knew they couldn't I don't know I personally think they could have for quite a long time but yeah teams we repeatedly seem See them not cooperating. Yeah, yeah. Going back to the uh, bunch sprint in that case, like it, it was interesting. Israel uh, led it out, but they ended up at the back of the pack, uh, which was a bit silly. Yeah, case, you know, Mike Woods and whatnot. Um, a lot yeah. of a lot of issues at Israel primary attack. I say, I say, they're two most high, they're two best riders today. Though a race that suits two of those right, both of those riders perfectly and. Full sang leading it out. I don't know if he tried to attack and was stealth attacking or was trying to lead out Mike Woods, but either way, Mike Woods jumped onto his wheel with full sang going from starting a sprint about 300 metres out, which is way too long, way too long to go out. And uh, yeah, wow, Van Aert coming out to sprint before Woods and a lot, lot stronger sprinter than Woods and Quentin Hermans, who was one of the last riders to get back into this group, selecting Wout Van Aert's wheel and getting through to pip him on the line and Sergio Higuita and Danny Martinez also almost getting around Wout, but luckily for him managing to hold them off, there is a, I believe, second second um, monument podium of the season so far. So, yeah. yeah. But uh, what do you think it is with Val, uh, Wout Bernard? Uh, tiredness or just injury? Uh, he, wasn't, he didn't look the same, you know? No, he wasn't looking at his best today, getting dropped in the penultimate climb before getting back in. I think uh, we saw it's just the weight. Oh, no, I think I've seen him climb better than this. I expected a better climbing effort from Van Aert today. I think uh, you have to factor in that missed training from his time off with COVID as well. Obviously, he looked fantastic in Roubaix last week, but that's the race that suits him much more, a race he's prepared for much better and... uh, yeah, maybe even last week in Roubaix we weren't seeing the best Wout van Aert and I don't think this was the best Wout van Aert today. I think uh, this not being a priority race and his, like you say, his weight being high is a reason he didn't perform as well. I think if he fully targeted that race, lost a bit more weight and uh, didn't have um, illness, I think he'd definitely be one of the strongest climbers on that climb because with Philippe out... Um, Pogacar and Roglic non, not starting uh, is actually quite a weakened field. There's no one, no other kind of greats within that front group. We've got Higit and Vlasov, probably the two uh, strongest climbers who are in that group. So a lot of kind of not not world-beating riders managed to drop in today. Um, so, yeah, I don't think we saw the best about Van Aert. And he did manage to grovel his way back in and still get third, which is kind of just yeah. testament to how good a rider he really is. 
definitely getting fed in the monument without uh, without looking like your best. So yeah, absolutely. Props to props to the fella. Uh, so what what's coming up next then? So yeah, next we've got um, well, Giro Giro looming large start in sixth of May, but before that we've got the uh, the Tour of Romandie, which is a nice stage race in uh, in Switzerland. So we'll see, hopefully, see some beautiful views. Tour of Swiss is probably the one that offers more beautiful views, but uh, yeah, uh, Tour of Romandie, a good one for sure. And uh, starting tomorrow with a very short prologue race. Um, and then it will kind of go into some medium mountain stages with stage four then being a very tough mountaintop finish and a very exciting final time trial, which, which is a pan flat for about a kilometre before a, um, a 3k climb at 8%. So really a true test of who's the best climber there on the final day for sure. So is that um, a tune-up for the Giro or is that more for the Tour then? Probably more for the tour. There weren't. I don't think there's hard. Probably a few people who are starting at the Giro will be there, but uh, the main contenders are probably guys going on to the tour later in the year. Got um, Geraint Thomas starting probably as one of the favourites. His film's forms really building quite nicely now. Other guys going. We'll see Jakob Fulsang, Mike Woods back in action. Also Dylan Toons will hopefully be out for some vengeance. Uh, but Bahrain bring a really stacked team with. Um, both Jack Hay coming along as well. Also, we'll have a great team from um, UAE. He'll be bringing Brandon McNulty and also the young superstar, Juan Ayuso. Um, so, yeah, a lot will come down to that final time trial, I believe, and also the the, um, the mountain top finish on stage four. But that uh, prologue will also set the scene quite nicely as well. So... So yeah, in for a treat. And this is actually probably one of the most open stage races uh, of the year so far. Really no firm favourite. A lot of outside guys who can win it and very difficult one to predict. Um, but yeah, Vlasov Agita as well for Bora. But yeah, could re- there really are 10 guys who could win this one really wide open. So, so definitely one to tune in for, for some close racing because it won't be dominated by a Pogaccia or a Roglic, so so yeah, certainly an interesting yeah. one to see. Interesting. And uh, so, who, who who are we looking out for in the Giro then? Uh, Giro. So, uh, big favourite currently would most likely be Richard Carapaz. He's uh, been uh, looking quite building building his form this season. We saw him earlier in the year having a great attack away with him and Sergio Higuita. Um I can't remember what stage race it was. I think. Tour of the Basque Country, maybe. Yeah, Tour of the Basque Country, I think it was. Uh, other riders we're looking out for would be Simon Yates. Uh, he's shown some great form in Paris-Nice. And then also we'll see um, they're probably arguably the second GC rider of uh, UAE team and Roots in um, Almeida. Uh, other than that, we'll see the Grand Tour comeback of Tom de Moulin, who will be flanked by Tobias Foss. Uh, Ineos bring very strong support team in support of Richard Port of um, in the form of Richard Port who supports Carapaz. Their team not yet confirmed. At one point, Pidcock was going. Maybe not now. I think they may also be bringing Pavel Sivakov, but hopefully some freedom for Teo Gagan Hart, previous winner, and uh, Richard Port, who 
maybe his final Grand Tour, definitely his final year of racing now. And uh, yeah, the Green Valverde could bring a surprise if his form holds. So, so yeah, very wide open race as well, although Carapaz right. going into a firm favourite. The, the Giro sounds a bit more exciting than the Tour right now, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the Tour will be what, between maybe... Uh, Pogaccia, if he doesn't run away with it, then maybe Roglic, and I don't see anyone really, uh, really contesting them two. Uh, I don't even see Roglic contesting Pogaccia really. So yeah, no, it's no, it's not looking good. Although I, I, he's Pogaccia may say don't worry about that flesh result, but it was quite subpar for me to be honest. I thought he was quite a long way off where I thought he'd be. Some people are saying it's just too short for him, but I think he should have that punch. And uh, yeah, Roglic is going, looking bad. Vingegaard's been looking very bad this past week. And uh, those three big favourites, I don't know, they're not looking as strong as they were for me about a month or so ago. I'm beginning to have a bit more faith in Danny Martinez as well. But yeah, I still see it. It's very hard that it won't end up in the hands of a Slovenian probably Pogac is going to be said Slovenian but yeah eventually more open than it was a month ago but we'll see how people come back and stuff so yeah yeah and just to wrap up then Rob if you're the ethics manager um good classic season or not no not very happy at all uh obviously you're happy Remco's finally come through although if we're being brutally honest with it um, we had uh, no no start from Roglic and Pogaccia, who, if they were starting, would have would have been favourites for that race. So, yeah, sadly, sadly, no. I can't I can't really say it has been a good one for them in terms of UCI points. I believe Intermarche, Wanty Grubert are actually the top Belgian team this classic season. Um, Which so, is yeah, shocking. 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 Yeah, terrible. Which for them. Obviously, they've had a bit of bad luck with uh, Yves Park crashing out of Roubaix the way he did. He was definitely on for a podium, but no, they've all been a long way off. They might have had their injuries and illnesses, but no, a very bad season for them in terms of their classics campaign. And they'll have to hope for more later on in the year. And in what form, I don't don't know where that's going to come from now with Alaphilippe looking like it'll be a long road back to recovery and Evan Paul supposedly not having another target until the Vuelta. So, so yeah, tough one for them. Yeah, maybe if they get the rainbow bands once again, uh, you know, they'll they'll call it a good season. But yeah, yeah. Right, Rob. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. All right, thanks a lot, Janaid. Look forward to catching up sooner with the Giro. For sure.